All right, good morning again. Glad to be here with you all uh, back in Melbourne. It seems like it's been much more than a week. Uh, we've been at camp, like I said, if you, if you walked in late, we did celebrate a couple baptisms uh, at camp this past week, not just from our people, but from others um, at, the, at the camp. So I'm super thankful for that, super thankful to be back, but uh, we'll see how long my, my voice can stay like this. This is not fantastic either, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, like I said last week, we're starting a brand new series called The Most Excellent Way. And for our campers, I apologize. I wrote the curriculum for camp, and you're going to hear it again at church. Um, I get to double dip like that sometimes. Uh, but The Most Excellent Way we talked about last week, we introduced it at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, at the end of all this long run-on where Paul is talking about these great spiritual gifts that you can have within the church. He lists all these different things, and he, and he finished off the entire sentence structure. Everything kind of comes to a conclusion by him saying, but I will show you the most excellent way. And he gets into the verses that Sean just read for us. But before we get into that, like I said, this is a camp lesson, so you're going to have to bear with me. These are some camp games that we're going to play together. So I'm going to show you a few pictures here. And I want you to do your best. Don't, you don't have to shout it out loud. If you want to, you can. Uh, but in your mind, I want you to think which image is real. I'm going to show you two images. Which image is real and which image is fake. Okay, got it? All right, thumbs up. Fantastic. All right, first image. Fruit of the loom. If you were at camp, don't ruin it for everybody. <laughs> this is a tough one for me, but actually the one on your right is the correct one. Did you get that right? Nodjet, if you got that right, pretty good. I always thought the cornucopia was a must-have for the fruit of the loom. Next one. Looney Tunes or Looney Tunes? Which one's correct? You might have seen these pictures come up before. Three, two, one. It's the one on the right. Really? T-U-N-E-S. Interesting. It's a cartoon, but it's T-U-N-E-S. Yeah. Interesting. It's hard to almost tell sometimes the differences between these two. Okay, I got another one here for you. Monopoly man. Left or right? Okay. It's actually the one on the right. No, no monocle. The monocle is reserved for Mr. Peanut alone, I guess. No monocle for Monopoly man. This one's tough. This one's really tough. Three, two, one. It's actually the one on the right again. Okay. I got one more. This, this one's tough as well. One more. Left or right? They do look the same. As you can see, there's points here. There's no points here. Uh, it's actually the one on the left is the correct one. So give yourself a round of applause if you got them all right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you guys are pretty good. You guys are pretty good. Real versus fake, okay? I want you to have this in mind. We're going to come back to this later. But we have these two images, real versus fake. Reality versus non-reality. We're going to come back to this later. So keep this in mind as we continue on this morning. So as we continue this morning, I want to ask this question. What makes love, love? Think about that for a second. What makes love Love. Think about all the relationships that you have in your life. Brother or sister, mom, dad, friend, cousin, all these different things that you have in your life. Husband and wife. 
What makes love, love? I asked this question at Teen Week, and it was great. I got great responses from it. A lot of people talked about trust. Trust is a very, very big part of a relationship. It's what makes love, love, right? It's part of what makes love, love. Other people said sincerity. Other people said time spent together. You know, a time period together makes love, love, right? Growing together, maturing together. And we had a lot of great responses, a lot of great kind of conversation back and forth. But to me, as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this word kept coming up over and over in my mind. Authenticity. Authenticity is extremely important when we talk about love. Authenticity is extremely important in life, and we're going to get to talk about that a little bit as well. But what makes love, love? The ability to trust it, the ability to not only trust that it's going to be there, but that it's going to be real and authentic. There's a difference, right? I don't know if you've ever watched the show Pawn Stars on TV, but there's these guys who have this pawn shop in Las Vegas, and it's sometimes hilarious to watch. Uh, People bring in stuff from all around the world, antiques, things they find in barns and stuff, and one of my favorite things to watch in this television show is when people bring in something that they think is very, very valuable, but it's not actually valuable at all. Okay, uh, this is an image of a Babe Ruth card. This guy comes in, he's being interviewed before he talks to the guy, and he said, I found this old Babe Ruth card in my grandfather's shed. It's got to be old. I've done my research. It's worth $65,000. That's a pretty good find. So he brings this card. He talks to the bald guy at the, at the store, and he's like, this is the, he explains the situation. And the guy goes, let me get my expert in here to authenticate it to make sure that it's real. So his authenticator comes and brings the card very, very carefully out of the sleeve. He touches it and in three seconds says, this is a fake. This is worth nothing, sorry. And then he leaves. (laughs) Um, It's great because this guy walks into the store thinking he has a $65,000 baseball card in his possession only to realize that it's worth probably less than three cents. Now if these guys were to not call in the authenticator if they were to say, I take your word for it, I believe this is authentic, that's a really bad deal for this shop, right? Could you imagine shelling out $50,000, $60,000 for something only to find out that it's worth less than three cents? That's terrible business. Absolutely terrible business. And it's not just in these arenas where bad business and bad calls lead to bad business and bad business and bad things down the road for them, but authenticity is extremely important when it comes to our faith. When it comes to our love with Christ and our relationship with Christ, authenticity is what makes love, love. There's a big difference between walking in, walking before the throne room of God saying, I have this authentic love for you, Jesus, and even scripture talks about this. There's going to, be, there's going to come a time in the end times where people are going to say, I did all these works of service for you, Jesus. I did all these things. And then what's Jesus going to say to them? I never knew you. If your love is not authentic, You don't really have love. But what does authenticity really have to do with love? We're going to look at these verses again. And I want you to kind of have this word in mind as we go through this. I'm going to read it again. If I speak in in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And I I will tell you, I was tempted to bring my my drum set cymbal and throw it out. I I wasn't going to, I was thinking about it. 
a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. So I look at these verses and it kind of ties into these spiritual gifts that Paul was talking about. But let's look at these things because I want you to realize that none of these things are bad things, right? None of these things are bad at all. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, he just talked about that as a good gift for people to have, right? And we looked at Pentecost, we look at, at the beginning of Acts, and where Peter and the apostles are speaking in tongues, and thousands are coming to know Christ. I would say that's a very good thing, right? Nod your head if you're with me, that's a very good thing. But if you do these things without love, you're just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I think it'd be terrible for me to keep throwing cymbals. Sean Pocari could bring all of his cymbals too. And we could just be throwing cymbals in the air, and guess what, you wouldn't like that very much. Well, I love these words that Paul says here because if we're even doing these things for the sake of God, but we're not doing them with love, it's just this annoying, almost just damaging to the ear sound. It's not doing any good for anybody. If I have the gift of prophecy, verse 2, and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, could you imagine? We just did that, that first Samuel series last year where we talked about Saul uh, receiving this prophecy from Samuel. And everything Samuel said came true. And that's how they knew that Samuel was a, a legit prophet. Could you imagine having the same power within yourself to say, you know what, this is going to happen on Friday, and you're going to encounter this person, and this conversation is going to happen. That would be a great thing. And praise God if you could use it for the sake of the gospel. But if you could do that without love, you're doing nothing. If you could have the faith that moves mountains, this is what made me pause when I read this ver these verses, Right? Because Jesus uses these kind of words at some point in his ministry, right? He says, if you have faith the size of a what? A mustard seed, you can move mountains. It seems that Paul is using a similar kind of phraseology here, that if you have the faith that can move mountains, but you do not have love, you're nothing. And then he gets really to the heart of it, really to us church people. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love... I gain nothing. You can come to all the service projects you want. You can come to Food Pantry every single Tuesday. You can do all the mission trips every summer. You can go help Gail and David Logue and do all these fantastic things. But if you just do it for the sake of doing it, without love, unfortunately it amounts to nothing. Jesus is going to look at you at the end times and say, I never knew you. That makes me pause. I got a video here, Ray, if you could uh, get some volume. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get it going, but I, there is volume to the video. When I think of authenticity, when I think about love, and when I think about all these things, this one video came to mind of my kids when they were very little, okay? Just bear with me, and let's see if you can see it as well. That's a great video. I love that video. Um, whenever I'm feeling down, I can just put that on. But if you didn't hear what, what Jay said at the very end of that video, he's super excited to see me. He and Malin run up. Malin doesn't have words to say, but she just kind of just makes a noise. And he looks at my wife and says, Mommy, this is my friend Daddy, right? It, it was, 
I, I love that because I, I don't know how long I was gone. There's a very good chance that I had just been at work that day. Um, but I read 1 Corinthians 13, and I can't help but think of this. Because there's this authenticity in this moment between me and my kids here. Like, Michelle knew I was coming, and she saw my car, and it's not like she said, okay, kids, now do something cool for the camera so we can have a cute video. They're literally just out there. Madeline looks like she's playing. Jay might be watching a movie. And then she turns the camera on, and this just happens. Right? It's not like I, I, I tell them to greet me every day when I get home, right? There's just this authenticity. This is an authentic moment. There's no script. This is just love being expressed in a way that is so authentic, so loving. And in that moment, that was enough. Right? I could, have, I could be the greatest dad. I can make sure that the house is taken care of, the yard is taken care of, my family is fed. I can do all these things. But my kids in that moment don't know any of that stuff, Right? They don't know that the the house is taken care of and there's food to eat and there's all this stuff. Me and Michelle are working together in this way to make sure these things happen. But those things don't matter to the kids. They just saw me and wanted to express their love to me. That, to me, is authentic love. And then I get to these other words that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8. You know these ones as well in verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather... The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I love this image because of the way that Paul talks about us receiving the Father. We cry out to him saying, Abba, Father, there's this reaching, right? There's this reaching saying, I'm in need of you and you're all that I need and that is enough. That is authentic love. The thing is, is that for a lot of us, we like to fit Jesus into our lives and then whatever else is left, we can give to Jesus. Whatever else is left, I can make sure that I'm at this thing, or I can make sure that I help this person, or I can make sure I have my prayer time. We try to fit Jesus in around us. There isn't this receptivity saying, you are enough, you are what I want, period. We struggle with that. We struggle with that a lot. God already loves us in this way. That's the part that we miss out a lot of times. God already loves us in this way. It's time for us to reciprocate that love in our lives. This is the love that we're talking about. We've already received authentic love in the person of Jesus. It can't be much more clear than that. It cannot be much more clear than that. And because of that love we received, I believe this to be true. Authentic love can change the world. Let's say that together. One, two, three. Authentic love can change the world. We've already read about it. Unfortunately, authentic love was crucified by its creation. Unfortunately, when authentic love came to this world, the world didn't know what to do with it. And so because of that, he was killed, right? And of course, we recognize that in order for, for us to be saved, we, that, that had to happen. But authentic love changed everything. And I still think it can and have the power to change everything today. When we are infected with the spirit of Christ and this perfect love, this authentic love, when we are, you know, taken over by that, we could change the world and the people's lives around us as well. Authentic love still has the power to change lives. I find it interesting, uh, and I, I'm not, I promise I'm not trying to uh, say anything bad about this song. I love this song, Jesus Loves Me, okay? Fantastic song. Very simple to the point, okay? 
But we, re- we, we sing the song, we say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And that's fantastic, and it's true, and the Bible is so, so great. But I think the problem is, is that sometimes we sing that song, and I think sometimes we think that Jesus just lives here. Jesus lives between this cover and this cover, and I love Jesus because this Bible tells me so, and that's really, really important. We need to keep singing that song with our kids, okay? Don't walk away thinking Jesus, uh, Jimmy thinks, J- Jimmy hates that song, okay? I don't. I love that song. But what I think it has the power to do is to put Jesus in a box. What if I sang a song like this? Michelle loves me for our marriage certificate tells me so. You think that's silly, right? It is silly, because that's, that doesn't sum up our love for each other. And that song, while great as it is, I think sometimes we can say that Jesus just stays here, and he doesn't have the power to affect the way that we live our lives. If Jesus' power and Jesus' love changed the world, it is still changing the world, and it still has the power to change you as you seek to change the world through his love. Authentic love still has the power to change the world, and Jesus doesn't just live here. He's living in you, and he's living through the things that you do. But there's a flip side to this as well. Fake love can destroy the church. I don't want you to say that with me. I want you to internalize that one, okay? Fake love can destroy the church. It's fun. We we play that game at the very beginning, and it's fun to play those types of games when it's very, very difficult to see the difference. Right? It's very difficult to see the difference between that one Tesla logo and the other Tesla logo. You're, you're racking your brains which one is correct, and it's fun that way. But unfortunately, it's not fun when it's very, very obviously fake, right? When it's super obvious, you can say, that's the fake one. I didn't have to think about that. I think the same thing can be said about the church when the church manifests a fake type of love into the world. The world is very, very easy to see how susceptible we are to this fake type of love, where we go out of our way to do things, but we don't do it with a spirit of love. We do things for the sake of doing them. We sound like a resounding gong to the world. The world looks at us and says, that's fake. I don't want anything to do with that. We talked about authentic love changing the world, but fake love has the ability to destroy the church and the church's reputation. We need to scorn this type of love. This resounding gong type of love, doing things for the sake of doing them, to look a certain way, to feel a certain way, we need to scorn that, we need to get away from that. Fake love has the ability to destroy the church. And I'm kind of reminded here of one of the churches that that John the Revelator talks about in in Revelation chapter 2. When he receives this revelation from Christ, this is to the church in Ephesus 2 verse 4. Yet I hold this against you, you have forsaken the love you had at first. Hear that one more time. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. There seems to be something going on in this church that they have gotten away from authentic love towards this direction where it's not really love in their lives anymore. I want you to think and reflect for yourself. Where is my love? Where am I doing today that is might be coming off as fake. Where's the reality? And I want to say that I can be guilty of this as well. I go through the motions just like everybody else in this world. We all struggle with this, where we're not putting authentic love into the world, yet we're putting fake love into the world. And I think that has a a big detriment to the church and to the world around us. 
The world looks at us and says, how can they show love when they can't even love each other? How can they show love when people who are non-Christians show better love than they do? If they truly knew Jesus, then they truly know love. And I find it so interesting because I think sometimes we make excuses for people within our own church. You know these people. I remember growing up in a very, very small church where me and my sister were the youth group. And there were some people in there that were older than me. I'm not going to say old people. They were older people, more mature in their faith maybe. And they were mean. And if you... <laughs> If you giggled in church or you made a wrong noise in church, if you sat the wrong way or you sneezed too loud or you breathed too heavy, you were doing something wrong in church. And then people always looked to them and said, oh, don't worry about them. They have such a strong faith. They love Jesus so much, but they, they can be kind of mean. That's crazy. That is crazy. Like, I... We should be excited when we see kids around, right? I need, I need a louder amen to that. We should be excited for these things. And I get it. I, I, I'm really not trying to point fingers or say everybody's like that. Not at all. And I really, really think that there, that there are people who have gone through things and their life is hard and it's very, very difficult to manifest love in certain ways. I get it. I am not trying to be that guy to point fingers that way. But I think we need to hold each other to a higher standard to say, you know what? How can I love you in this situation? How can I show love in this situation that's true, authentic, and also hold each other accountable when we're not showing that love to one another? Not in a mean way, but in a loving way to say, I love you, and I'm going to hold you to a higher standard. One of the things I said to some of the students that were being baptized, I said, hey, I'm in this pool with you right now. You know what that means? I love you, and I'm going to remember this forever. And when you fall short, I'm going to remember this moment. One of the best things about baptism is that we are here collectively together as a church saying, we are coming one as a family, but I'm also going to remember this day so that when you do fall short, I'm going to say, remember that day you took on Jesus? I was there, and I'm here right now. Let's talk about it. The church has to be about holding each other accountable and showing love. And what's crazy is... <laughs> All right. I love it. See, that's the best thing ever. I love having kids in here. This is, I, I didn't even tell them to do that. That's a case study why kids are awesome. I'm, I'm being honest. I love that. That was so cool. But what I'm trying to get to is that we can do all these things. We can be in the right place at the right time. We can be at church. We can be serving. We can be loving, air quote loving. But if we don't do it with authentic and genuine love, we're not really doing it. I know I said a little bit of this last week, but I wanted to kind of bring this home with these verses today. But to be more specific this morning, I want to ask this question. How can we pursue authentic love over the surface level love that the world might know us for? Two things. Realize this. Jesus loves me, and he doesn't just live in the Bible. Jesus loves me, and he doesn't just live in the Bible. Please read your Bibles. If you're not reading your Bibles, I think that you are getting further away from Jesus because this has the power to transform your life. But if you believe he just lives here, you're limiting that transformation in your life and the life of others. He has the power to do so much through you that you might be holding him back from if you think he just lives in this place. He loves you and he doesn't just live in the Bible. And the second thing is this, wake up, am I faking my faith? 
Am I simply just going through all these motions of my faith where I'm just doing acts of service, I'm showing love, I'm giving to the poor, I'm doing all these things, and I look so heavenly, so righteous, but I'm actually faking it. I pray that you're able to wake up and realize the detriment you're actually having to the church and the the people around you. Because if their image of Christ is living in you, then you're selling short the image of Christ and the church, for that matter. So realize that Jesus loves you. He doesn't live in the Bible. And wake up. Are you faking your faith? That's a hard question to ask because a lot of you probably have gone to church your entire life. But what I always tell people, students, anybody, is that if you're not asking questions, you're not growing. If you're not asking questions, you're stagnating in your faith and you're not getting closer to the person that God is calling you to be. So even if you're right with God, even if you're feeling great right now, this is still a great question to ask because it's going to allow you to dig deeper into where God might be leading you to go. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for the most excellent way that is love. Uh, God, this authentic love that we're talking about. We can do all the great things. We can be great speakers, prayers, servicers, all the things that we do in our lives through the church. But if we do it without love, we're doing nothing at all. God, I pray that we're able to have an authentic faith that allows us to reach many and change the world just as your authentic love changed the world that you were around. Help us to be uh, beacons of light in dark places. God, help us to wake up and realize that uh, we have a lot to do for you. Help us to not fake our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have any needs at all, we want to invite you to come forward. If they might be physical, spiritual, if you want to take on Christ in baptism, this is a great opportunity to do it. But if you're struggling with this question right now, don't stop asking the question. The only thing that happens when you stop asking the question is you stop growing. And if you want to ask this question with a bunch of people around you, and you want to walk through this journey with people, now's a great time to start that process. If you have any needs at all, I want you to come forward as we stand and sing.